Hello and welcome to episode nine of Nightmare Cinema with me, Johnny Cameron, him, John Dunn. Say hello. Hello. <clears throat> and oh, wow. All right. All Sorry. right. Okay. And uh, Sean Watkin. Hi. Who can speak normally without fucking stuffing his face? Um, it's a fucking within, singular piece of chocolate, you little turd. Within the first, we're going to go check it out. We are today, me and of you. a podcast <clears throat> today. Um, we are this morning, rather, uh, doing, reviewing, speaking about, chatting. Rosemary's Baby, Rosemary's Bambino, uh, for episode nine. Um, this is a film that. Um, is revered as a classic, and I first watched it years ago um, when I was quite a young man. I think I was 18, 19, maybe something like that. And um, the film is like two and a bit hours long, uh, and I remember not being bored at the time and actually thinking, oh, wow, it's it's an old film um, I can sit through. Um, and until very recently, I hadn't seen it again, very recently, meaning this morning after I got home from work. So it's still fresh in the memory because that's good because we've got a fresh in the memory one and an old one from years ago. So it's both had the time to be brand new to me and settle in. Um, so this is, of course, directed by uh, Roman Polanski, which I think gives it that extra air of evil. Um, but more on that later. <laughs> um, I, I, I do actually, and I didn't realise until watch this game, which sort of makes me a bit shameful of my um, previous 18, 19-year-old self because there's an issue with this film, which I'm not sure which way it, it swings, whether it's sort of... Um, it's it it knows what it's doing or it doesn't um but i'll bring that up later because that's uh, it, it's either to the brilliant part of yes i think I'm yeah i yeah, know yeah you. okay but i need you to 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 help me sort of understand whether it's added to how good of a film it is or it completely ruins it and means probably no one should ever really watch it again um so it's either for or against uh, and i think we'll have a like Good little discussion on that. Um, so this was made in 1968, I believe. Mr. Polanski uh, did the uh, screenplay and directed uh, as well. Um, you know, it actually because we we've done Psycho recently. Um, it's eight years on for that. It actually looked more modern than I recalled it. It seemed more modern to me um, for its really? time. Yeah, it, it did for me. This this follows Polanski's a 1965 um, horror film, uh, Repulsion. Um, and, and for me, uh, this is sort of at the start of a period when horror was sort of in a sort of classic churnout phase. And uh, maybe we, we, we look at look back at it now at the time period um, and, and maybe think, oh, because we sort of crowd the, the 60s 70s 80s horror altogether and not realize it's over a span of about 30 years we all think you know a load of these great horrors came out at a similar time when when really obviously there was a a long time between them um but for me it was this strikes me as the first or one of the first films when horror started to creep into the mainstream as an actual thing that a normal person might go and see at a cinema and not like you know it was not weird that you you went and saw a horror film or it was a B movie, or you know, just a really old um, piece of cinema like like Phantom of the Opera. Um, obviously, before this in 1960 uh, was Psycho, um, 
and I think the birds was that 60, 65. I know that was before this as well. Um, and sort of afterwards, we, we have things like uh, Don't Look Now, which carries, I believe, a similar psychological theme. Uh, and The Exorcist, which which follows um, almost along um, with the sort of religious, cultish themes, um, religious evil, uh, and then more to do with the sort of um, cults and such, uh, it, which carries it on a lot stronger is the uh, Wicker Man. It's a it's a lot stronger theme in that than it is in this particular film. Um, but I think this may be the main, uh, the first mainstream popular use of sort of religion in horror. And when I say that the first main use, I mean something like I, I mentioned before, where it was actually a, a sort of a big thing at the cinema. Because um, looking through sort of a lot of famous horrors before that, um, there doesn't seem to be a, a lot that I remember that that certainly I was I was aware of um, or am aware of because it seems to be sort of before this and and the Hitchcock uh, horrors, the Birds and the Psycho. Um, there seems to be a bit of a gap of of nothing of note really. I mean, that might just be my ignorance, but then there's a gap and then you're going all the way back to things like Boris Karloff, uh, Vincent Price, Lon Chaney, you know, the, the, those sort of classic films, um, Nosferatu as well, as well as Phantom of the Opera, Frankenstein, Dracula, those sort of things. So this, for me, it appears, it is sort of like you've got your classics, uh, sort of turn of that, um, the 19th, uh, so turn of the 20th century, and then a bit of nothing. And then this is sort of where it, it starts to come back into mainstream cinema. Um, well, that's certainly what it looks like for me. Obviously the, the pair of you are a little bit older uh, than me. So you, you might, you might be more knowledgeable than me on that, but it certainly seems to me that this, this was sort of when this and the, the two Hitchcock films preceding it was sort of when, when horror first sort of hit the mainstream and went, Oh, this, this is something that, that a lot of people can actually watch. And I, it's wouldn't valid. Agree, I wouldn't agree with the fact that it was the first time horror went mainstream. I do mm. think it may be one of the first films that dealt with religion in terms of horror, definitely. I was going to say that. Oh. Yeah. It was, it, it's, oh, look, the stutters back, brilliant. Um, Sexy. What I it's reckon, okay. what, what it is for me is it's the first time it's kind of done in a very, very dark and serious somber way <clears throat> you had kind of the ham horrors of uh, hammer Ooh. um f- before that and then you had the kind of suspenseful hitchcock stuff i think this is the first time it, it kind of took something I, I mean it's the 60s and they put religion front front and center and you don't beat around the bush with it i mean i watched it last night and i remember the first time i watched it i thought it was all right that i i fucking loved it last night I really did I, I mean it hasn't dated well it really really hasn't there's bits in it that you just think that really shouldn't be allowed well ever. I, that, ever. I, I know what you, you're talking about and that's why I alluded to it at the start whether it's does that add to the, the message of the film yeah. which would have meant it was way way before it's time because it would yeah. still be very very relevant now no, or is it, is it of it's time and he, oh. he, he didn't mean it it's as simple as that 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 it's an important film because it 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 takes the kind of 
kind of like the sums of what what people thought of women at the time. Helpless, shit, useless, and that's it's Polanski. It's foreshadowing Polanski's kind of attitudes later on. Um, that that was children, not and women. Flavors, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it it, it, okay. it it is. I mean, I can understand. I know people who just won't watch this film because of that, and I completely understand that. I I forgot it was one of uh, one of his films. To yeah. be honest, if you detach yourself from that, and if you can, fair enough, and you watch it as a film, as a piece of cinema from the sixties, I thought it was brilliant. Maybe that's However, why we couldn't find it on many streaming services. Yeah, the the baggage that comes with it makes sense. Just now. just just just. It, 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 the film suffers so much because of all the baggage that come with it. Not just because they have a, a fucking antichrist as a director, and I mean that in a non-cinematic way, in a not um, good way. Yeah, it's it's the whole the whole film is. I mean, I could call it a little nasty piece of work. A modern that it is a nasty piece of work taken in 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 today's context, and yeah. <laughs> But if you treat it as a film from the 60s and something that we should learn from and go, we should never, ever, 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 ever be like this ever again, then it, it, it's, it's, it's acceptable. It's, a film shouldn't be controversial because of the time it was made. And I don't think it's just that with this. And that's what people say it is. It's not. It's the whole attitude towards Mia Farrow and the, 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 the whole story in it is so unbelievably relevant right now well that's she is screaming for help for two hours and everyone no one just no one listens to her even the advice that she gets is completely kind of like let's let's separate mia farrow from rosemary because it's rosemary that is screaming for help whereas mia farrow doesn't i mean she's not the best actress is she can i just say on that sean she seems to me I don't know if I went out of the room and came back and it was a different character that looks similar. You do that a lot while you watch films, you know. She seemed to... Pause button. There was a scene where she's, I think, with Hutch in the kitchen. I'm sure she just seems to become British well, for, to, to for be with, a yeah, minute or two. That, that creeps through all the time and I kept hearing that and I was thinking, what, what is going on here? So yeah, you're absolutely right. But going back to what I was saying, Mia Farrow actually left Frank Sinatra, one of the most powerful men in America at the time, to to make this film. Frank Sinatra said, do not make this film because our marriage is fucked up. And Mia was like, I'm going to make the film, Frank. Was there a reason for that or was he just being Frank? Because there was the marriage was in trouble. So oh. so he was like, don't make it, let's focus on this. So she's got off and he served divorce papers to her. On a set. successful bloke in... When was this? The sixties, so mm. he's probably a cunt. In in sixty eight, oh. he was probably the biggest thing in in the world. Mm. But exactly, I mean, so, Mia was kicking ass. Rosemary was a little vic- well, she's a victim. Yeah, I don't. When I say Mia, I mean, I mean, obviously, mean Rosemary. Like it that that that's what I mean. She she, she like I said, she was. She's not even. It's not even a soft. Help me! It's a scream for help, almost from the first. Do you think? The get-go. Yeah. Oh, think yeah. It's not soft. It's a scream. I don't think yeah. Rosemary has a scream in her. 
Well, that 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 sort of adds to it, doesn't it? It's it's like she's so meek and and downtrodden and expected not to make a fuss. That I'll have to just explain that because it's like back then, it what you are right. It is a very subtle, almost whisper. Now it's a fucking scream to me. And it's just because of what's got not so just, and it's because of what's the, the the way the world is at the moment, especially right now. It's 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 a, it's such an allegory for domestic abuse, and I think John, this is what Johnny was kind of alluding to in the beginning. He did not mean it to be that. Imagine if he did in 1968. Well, he this he would be a saint rather than an antichrist. So, well, Again, I'm just, gonna, I'm just going to stop you there as well because he didn't mean for that to happen at all because he didn't create these characters and he didn't write this story. He's taken this from a book and he's made the most one of the most faithful adaptations to a novel in Hollywood history. Yeah, but so we're not talking not about done, the book. But you're talking about the character and he's not done it. He's not done that. He's not we're, created We're not that. talking about the book, so we're just going to talk about the talking about character. Screen. I know, but, but it's... But he hasn't created it. Someone else and, Well, he's he's had a more of a, a massive hand in it. Let's face it. What's no. on the screen is, yeah, it's not just his creation, but it, he's put it's it not on the his screen. At all. But he's put it on the screen. Yeah, of course he has, and so is me and Faro. It doesn't mean it's his either. But but what he puts on the screen is his. He someone else has designed no. it. You could write something and I'd direct it, but I put it on the screen, mate. That doesn't mean it's yours. I'm not. I'm not saying it is his. It's his work, though. He's and for the benefit of this, it, we yeah, just, just got to say it's his. I know he didn't come up with characters. And I asked you the other day, um, is this what it's like in the book? Because obviously, I haven't read a book. I mean, the book, not a book. Right, the um, first time. <laughs> but like, is that what is that what these characters are like in in the book? And you said yes, they are. So like, I think it's mired in of the time. I think it's got a great as. Johnny Boy Soprano would say a fucking albacore around its neck in the form of the time. I and I think, think that... I, th- I do think the writer of the book, Ira Levins, he tends to write women in that way. Um, quite weak. Quite really. 60s. Well, all throughout his career, whenever he was writing. Have you read anything else he's ever done? He wrote Stepford Wives. Oh, and hell. he wrote, he wrote um, the, boys from the, the Boys from Brazil, which actually, I don't... Remember I thought you were going to say any. the boys from the black stuff. <laughs> I don't remember there being any prominent female characters in the boys from Brazil, to be honest with you. Or the boys from the black stuff. Or the boys from the black stuff. I've got um, so, so we've yeah. done sort of <clears throat> first impressions. And now me and John are sort of chomping at a bit to get, to get at the, the, the Polanski elephant <laughs> in, in the, the room of the whole film, which sort of, on which way it was intended, whether it was intended at all, which sort of without revealing it, it it's, it's hard to discuss. So we'll get to it shortly. Um, sort of hinges on whether it's um, a, a film which is has an incredibly strong message e- even through to today, or it was just oh that was just what happened then. So let's not yeah. bat an eyelid to it. But let me first just say what again what I liked about it as a, a piece of work. Um, as we discussed it, it it obviously works on two levels for me i think i think the the basic the surface level um as as a, a the plot narrative works as a an impending trap it is a slow burn which you can see being constructed around 
uh, Rosemary uh, with sort of the dreadful consequences which are obviously going to come and the way that she is sort of cultivated um, by by the cult which sort of slowly uh, entangles her and obviously it, it works as we discussed on a satirical level um, criticism of, of organised religion even though it, for, all, for all the things I read about it going back into watching it there wasn't actually that much stark religious um, stuff in there as as I remembered as uh, obviously certainly not as much as as the exorcist and, and obviously the omen which is a lot more overt with it um, to me and the, the, this was sort of like um, more of a, a a criticism, uh, a satirical piece against sort of the patriarchy, um, male figures that impose their will on on women, and uh, sort of echoing well not echoing but but still prevalent today, uh, especially in in America like um, women's right to choose, um, you know um, women's rights when it comes to um, their body whether whether to you know child uh sorry birth control abortions uh that sort of stuff which is uh continually made the news over the past few years a woman's right to choose um and in this it's 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 rosemary who gets all of those rights um sort of taken away from her uh throughout the film um such as uh, it's continuous as well um even from her question of you know does she want a boy or a girl she's sort of um pushed into well obviously she wants a boy so she better drink this liquid that uh, Minnie gives to her um, her haircut I mean her husband is an absolute bell end um, but but he, she comes in with a, with a haircut um, and he just tells her how awful it is over and over again um, the doctor tells her not to um, read that book um, not to educate herself uh, then her husband throws away her book, obviously sort of, you know, throwing away her educating herself. Um, when she, when she's talking about the witches, obviously the doctor and the husband have ulterior motives to that. Um, herein lies the problem. And obviously, John, you're going to uh, chime in now. The the main thing for me, which threw me at about 40 minutes in, half an hour in, so while it's set up the scene, where she has that dream, where she's being... Um, you know, rogered by Satan, uh, shall we say. Raped by Satan. Uh, well, yes, but, I mean... No, no, there's no but. No, but more shocking than that, or if there's anything more shocking than being raped by Satan, um, then a husband just just says, oh, yeah, I, I, I did that while you were asleep because I didn't want to miss out. Now, Now, the thing is with this, now, is that, meant to be shocking obviously me not being no. around in 1968 to watch it or is well, that just something either. or is that just something that that happened and it's meant I, to be taken as if, just if just, was, just 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 a part of the film which is like you, you you don't look any more closely than any other scene you know what i mean than someone opening a fridge if it was supposed to be there then the entire film would take on a new context and because that's the only time that that's mentioned you know that that's just the norm but the and rest that, of the film and has the got fe- that strong the theme, theme of, of con- the control over women. So, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And I mean, but that's 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 very early on, and that's the control that in the 60s a husband had over their wife. And that's that's when the deeply, deeply unsettling feeling that they didn't intend comes in. And I think people confuse that with what they intended. 
with what the film intends. It's 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 a very very dated film, which wouldn't work today. And but the feeling that you get, you you shouldn't confuse with your own disgust for what's going on. I remember getting a text off you, Sean, when you were watching it, and you were furious, George. I imagined you just freaking out and rightly so rightly so it makes it makes it like almost a shame that that's how that's how the, the world was back then and and it's 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 dealt with in such a fucking flippant way it's like it's like they've gone t- today that would have been worked into the story and a huge thing rightly so would have been made of it but in that film it's such it gives you such an uneasy and queasy feeling when he just goes I didn't want to miss out. I'm sorry. I've cut my nails now. That's the apology. That's it. That's all they say. And it, and you're just like, oh God, the fucking so we, 60s. So we're definitely to take that that it, it wasn't an intentional sort of absolutely plot device. Not. And it was just, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I have Here to we disagree. go. I have to disagree with you, John. <gasps> because, I, I mean, yes, the 1960s was such a long, long time ago. But I don't think women being raped while they're unconscious by the husbands was any less shocking in the 1960s it may have been it something that happened I, I, well, I don't think it was the norm I it do was, think it was hold on I don't think I it was not. the norm it was not the norm that women get raped in marriage it's just it cannot be it's, it can't be just because it was mean... the 60s hold on let me get to my point and you're making me forget it God. so I disagree I don't think it was the norm. I do think it was part of the plot intended to make people think, whoa, I'm not comfortable with that. Not to shock you because the way that it's delivered is not particularly shocking. It's not sensational. It's co- it's conversational. And uh, what, that when that makes it more shocking, I, I believe. Oh, sorry. <laughs> when I first watched this years ago, that line and that part of that scene just completely went over my head and then whenever we watched it I was like whoa I don't ever remember hearing this conversation at all I think it's shocking now in that yeah. in that way I don't think it would have had the same impact back then go on I John you're allowed to speak <laughs> I have a question if for me and this is this is my if, if regardless of what they intended or didn't this is the way I'm interpreting it if that was meant to be a plot point, it would have been more focused rather than just uh, a kind of uh, kind of a kind of hand. But it it, it couldn't have been because the the, the whole, I mean we're t- we're touching on it now. This is why I don't think he meant it as I, as I in do. the way that you mean. I do. I do. I, could, I really do. And we're touching on it now, where it it was intended. But the way that Mia, the way that uh, Rosemary reacts to that news is really indicative of the time and of the relationship she's got with men. Um, All of the people around her, except for Minnie, are people who've got power over her, doctors and all that sort of stuff, and her best friend and her husband. I I do think it was intended to, you know, to shock people, absolutely. But I think what is more shocking is Mia's, Rosemary's reaction to that. It's, she just sort of goes, "Oh, no, oh. I get, I get, I get why it's there, and it's, it's, it's very, very profound, and it's, and 
yeah, it's something we're talking about fucking 40, 50 years later nearly. Well, it is 50 years later. But I just don't think he meant it in the way that he did. I just think he meant it. I, I don't think he meant it to be this huge point that we're talking about now. And it is a huge point. And everything that we're saying is exactly right. Her reaction, his reaction, everything. But I just don't think he meant it the way he did. It's, it just, it's just... It gives me such an uneasy feeling when I watch it. And you know, the more the more I think about it, this is, that is what domestic violence is like. You experience this monster. So okay, it, it, it's Satan, and Satan and her husband are not the same person, obviously. But when you're in the heat or the action of a domestic violence situation, you are dealing with a monster, regardless of what they're doing to you, whether it's it's rape or mental abuse or whatever they're doing to you you experience this monster and then after the abuse has happened that part of the abuse the physical part of it it's like oh i'm so sorry it's the i've cut my nails i've declawed myself i'm not that monster that's exactly what you're seeing in that scene and that is exactly why i think it was intended to be there and to be shocking i i don't i don't i want everyone to know that we're not arguing over the scene it is a profound and uneasy very very important scene what we're discussing is whether the director as a director meant it to be that much of a focal point it, it makes you feel horrible and uneasy and obviously the, the point is whether that was the intention and what the gradient of that intention was like sean says the way that the way that rosemary reacts um and how far it was sort of indicative of the time what would people watching it during that time um, obviously, it was set in what '66, so a couple of years before it came out. Um, so we can call it, you know, the same time period. Would people watch that and not react at all, and be like, "Oh," or would they watch it and go, "I've just oh. realised as well," or would they watch it like now we go and go, "Oh my god, that's absolutely yeah. fucking awful." I, I, I didn't. I thought it was set in 1968, and then you said that. I remember looking at the calendar. It's June '66. Yeah. I, yeah. Do you know what? In, in, in this, in one of the scenes in the bedroom, you can hear Jeff first um, score against Germany. Really? No. Oh, dickhead. <laughs> it's like, That's when she, that. she she sees the baby at the end, and then you hear John Martin or whoever say they think it's all over. It is now. Whether 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 it whether the scene was intended or not, it 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 it's there and it had the right effect. I'm going to say because that's to me it sets up the entire film and you are feeling so uneasy from that. I mean, yeah, did he mean it? Don't care. Don't really talk about Roman Polanski. Brilliant filmmaker that he is. Okay, so here's a question I usually ask of. Um, the films I select for us to view. Um, do you have a favourite scene or a least favourite scene? I don't. Because because one of the, the problems that I had with the film was that um, there were there were a number of occasions where I thought could be a, a gateway to uh, maybe a more visceral or shocking or chilling scene, but there's not really one thing in this film where I think it stays with me. There's not one sort of image it's that, which, which stays with me. Unlike The Exorcist, unlike The Omen, unlike yeah, other sort what, of films of this ilk. What this does brilliantly, and he did mean this, is the fact that you don't see anything. So 
whatever, like take the end scene, which I think from the moment she kind of starts to open that, that closet thing and tries to get in there, I think that entire climax is just Roman Polanski at his filmmaking absolute best. It's it, the tension is off the fucking map. The way she's walking through the corridors and she's seeing all the horrible, I say horrible, I'd have them in my house, all the horrible paintings and stuff. Uh, and then she gets into that that room where it's just a, a meeting going on with the um, with the kind of um, baby baby basket draped in black. The Adam's family crib. Yeah, I just thought that was all amazing, the whole thing. And they're all just talking normally like it's just another day. He has his father's eyes as well. I love that. Um, but yeah, that that is is that that's the payoff for me. And the fact that you never see what's in that that the baby basket itself. So if all three well all three of us watched it, there's three different things in that basket. And that's that to me is the ultimate horror. It's not what scare what this director or this filmmaker or this author says is gonna scare us. It's what scares us as as individuals there's three mm. different things and that's the beauty of this that's what this film does so well and intentionally and there's no doubt the, the lack of imagery whereas in the exorcist they knew what they were doing with that they knew what they wanted to do and they pull it off spectacularly as we've 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 discussed in the past and come back to almost in every one of the podcasts that we've done because it's just the godfather of horror the fact that you don't see anything in this and it is very 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 real that pays off for me so much equally as well because it's never going to be better than the exorcist so what's your worst what's your least favorite scene um it's not really a scene it's just it's just the undercurrents of Going back to what we were saying before, that's 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 the bit that it, it, may, it makes me feel uneasy. But because for me, he didn't mean it. That's what I don't like about it. It's it's a pure accident that sets you up. I, and I don't want him taking credit for something that he didn't mean. They didn't mean. I'll just say they from now on. That they didn't mean. And that something just doesn't sit right with me with it. And it just makes me a bit. Is that bit in the book? Is that bit in the book? Which part? The the horrid bit. The unintentionally horrid bit. The very intentionally horrid bit, yes. <laughs> okay, if oh, it's intentional, then how, how intentional one of those is it? Days, isn't it? Very. <laughs> he wrote it. It's intentional. Nothing is wasted. Johnny, you with what was your favourite scene? This is the thing. I don't really have one. Because the thing that that stands out to me is watching it so close to Psycho. It underlines just how much better Alfred Hitchcock films are than this. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, no, that I think that's unfair because that's like comparing me to Hitchcock. You're comparing anyone to Hitchcock. You can't compare anything to the best. No, no, yeah. but that, that, no, but they're, they're both they're mentioned in the same breath. Psycho, not my fucking the birds, breath. Rosemary's Baby. The Omen, you know, they're called horror classics. Let him speak. That fucking sock that you used to put in your mouth. I'm going to get you a tin, right? And every time you mention the birds, we're going to put a quid in it. We should get you one for every time you interrupt someone. Yeah, or every time you stutter. 
See, fuck off. <laughs> Below the belt, though. Hang on, let me get me sock. Yes, please. Johnny, come on. You didn't have one. You didn't have a favorite. No, but, no anyway, so, yeah, I, I didn't really have one. That was because there was nothing really that, that stood out to me when I think of this film. When I don't think of one startling image or anything that goes, oh, wow. And, and there are moments where it sort of builds up and alludes to it. I suppose it will be the, the reveal or rather the, the non-reveal at the end of the baby and the, how she sort of, uh, I don't know what you call it, maternal instincts overcome her to all the shock and horror that's gone on. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just decides to be this this infant spawns mother or whether she just gives in or a mixture of the two or whatever. But yeah, I mean, apart I'm from I'm that, it, it doesn't... Um, no, it, it it doesn't have anything stand out, really, does it? Um, I think. But like I say, with with just just everything, because we watched. Did, did we watch Psycho? Oh no, we watched that turgid sewer. All right, let's not go there. I apologise for that. Let's just stick dwelling, to baby. Filth, <laughs> um, Prince of Sharpness. Last, but when we watched Psycho, it was um, that's how bad it was. I just forgot we even watched it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we next to Psycho, when, when, when it's when it's just delete it. When it's mentioned <laughs> in the same breath as a classic as things like you know Psycho, it's it's uh, and the birds, put in the tin. It's um, <laughs> it's uh, it's just, it's just uh, it's not even in the same league, but it's mentioned in the same breath. So yeah. maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but no, absolutely not. I agree. It's a very Bland film in, with in very fact, bland characters. Listen, when I was thinking of Rosemary's Baby before I watched it again, the only thing I could remember was her going over to the crib at the end. That's the only thing. Because there's, there's, it's all, it's like one giant scene. It's yeah, like that, yeah. the Coronation Street of horror. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I was thinking when I was watching it. I, I was thinking this feels at times very much like a play. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's like it's one either. set. Yeah, just just an open. I liked it. Yeah. Though. I, really, I think I, I, that's the strange thing because I did like it and I could sit there for two hours and watch it and go, "This is this I'd is quite well written. Now. It's quite well directed." It's, I mean, you I wouldn't know, watch it again now, John. That's a bit extreme. Yeah, <clears throat> I think the, the the main bit that stood out for me is when she finally started to like question her husband fucking hell an hour and 45 minutes in um, well, that's the thing what, what, and then you, she, don't, you didn't question your husband back then <laughs> she did and she tries to well she tries to escape um, and she goes to see this other doctor and she's far too trusting because she he's like oh just have a little sleep and then he calls her husband and the other doctor goes to get it. And that, that bit where they walk her out reminded me of the end of A Streetcar Named Desire which is a phenomenal film, by the way, if you've never seen it. Um, if you've never seen it, you should just go home now. Yeah, you should. Where they, they walk Blanche out and she doesn't make a fuss. And I mean, yeah. it, 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 it just put me in that mind where they just got it and they put it in, in the taxi. Um, but up until that point, it was very bland. I have to say, Sean, that is an excellent comparison. That It really is. I the know. similarities between the two films are... Now you've said that very evident, and in future I'm going to pretend that I made that up. I've never actually heard anyone say that before. And the worst film, obviously, uh, the worst film, 
the worst film was Prince of Darkness. And the worst scene, obviously, to oh, echo John, sorry, hush, uh, the worst <laughs> film to echo, the worst scene to echo John is obviously that the, um, the, the, not even the admission, they just, oh yeah, that was me last night. Sorry about that. Um, and obviously, we hate that scene, but I'm still none the wiser whether I'm meant to hate that scene or I'm meant to just go along and go, yeah, that's what happened back then. Just feel what you feel. That's my only advice. <laughs> just feel what you feel and let it let it happen. Tired, alone, horny. Oh wow. The whole the whole end segment end, end sequence sequence was I loved it. From the from the moment she kind of opens the, the the closet and goes in, I love it. And the way that they're all talking, I love it. I love that as well. I just honestly, apart from that one bit that makes me feel really uneasy and kind of shakes me for the entire film, intentional or not, you decide. Um, I I didn't think I was gonna like it as much as I do. I, I've always thought it was a good film, but now I think it's a great film. I really do. Well, the th- thing is. It's not a scary film, but it is a good film. It's not. It's quite, and it's a clever film. Um, and in fact, something that, that totally went over my head, um, I didn't realise, um, maybe some thick, uh, that the way it uses the, um, the flat in sort of central, is it New York? Yeah. Um, it's a, a departure from the more traditional sort of haunted settings Mm. Um, the woods, mansions, castles, and such, um, and it actually uses uh, as a device sort of most trustworthy people. For instance, the two doctors, uh, a husband, um, elderly neighbours, people who you usually sort of uh, impart trust to, um, is actually sort of your downfall. Which um, which I was going to take credit for, but then I thought. Now I'll 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 tell you that I read it on the internet whilst doing some more background research for it. Oh, I wouldn't do that. Also, um, but about I don't know if you've got any thoughts on the the music. Obviously, oh my the, god, the... it just so that's bad. So John... it completely <laughs> dates it. It completely. I think we're going to be here film. for a while. It I like is... Mia Farrow going. La, la, yeah, that's la, not la, so bad. It's quite creepy. <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> that's quite creepy. The star, but like. The rest of the score completely dates the film, completely dates it. And it, I just hate that when you're making something that you want to be a classic. Don't make a score that fits. No, 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 no. Have the the flavour of the era where your film is set or film, but like, let it be. Have a classic sound he's, as well. Yeah, he's always done that. He's, he did that with Chinatown as well, and it dates Chinatown. And because he wanted to fit a score that was, I don't think, Certain bits of it were written for the film, or he wrote it. They, they were written for longer scenes, so he's dragged out the scenes much longer than they should have. And this is in Chinatown. Have we seen Chinatown? We, we fucking Chinatown. watched it on the screen. Do you not remember? We, we watched it in screen. We watched it in screen. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Um, well, we watched <laughs> Arthur, and then once we go to the pub in the lunch break. Well, I I watch it at least once a year, so I do like it. I am a big fan. Yeah, it's 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 that. But the scenes is stretched out because he did the same thing with the score. Um, very good in Chinatown, but it's just it it date it date as you said it dates it. But in Chinatown, you want it to be 
dated because it's set in the fifties, and it you want the fifties feel, and it yeah. But you can. That's what I mean. You can still have a feel of an era, but have a classic soundtrack, can't you? What I don't I think, think Rosemary's Baby achieves that. Are you? Would you be meaning a universal soundtrack, like a, a soundtrack that, as we've said, doesn't date it? Because I think it. I think it's very good of the era, but it doesn't translate well now. <laughs> well, no, obviously, but it can't. You know, travel. But like six Hitchcock's do Hitch Hitchcock's are brilliant now, and for me, the the, the master of this was Morricone, whose music back in the sixties is still regarded as classic music today. It's not. Do you mean Universal? <laughs> it's just Western music, isn't it? I mean, Western music never doesn't change, apart from Wild Wild West. No, that's not Western music. What? <laughs> That's not Western music. That that's just classical scoring, but it's not of, of the, the wild, era. Of wild West films. No, yeah. it's only because it's in the Wild West films. That's not. There's Wild West films were were a thing, and then they weren't a thing for years, and then they were, and 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 when they became a thing again, it was all very very retro. So people wanted to hear on the new Western films. Soundtracks like the 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 Morricone ones of the past. No, it's it's no. So that's it's why you still think it's good. You don't they are think still of good. the You don't think of, when you listen to a Morricone soundtrack, you don't think of the Wild West. You think of that yes, you film. Do. You don't. You think of that film just because it's set there. You don't think of Universal Cowboy. You think right. of the scene from the film. You think of like especially from the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. You think of that film. That's what it doesn't do. This doesn't do with Rosemary's Baby. When you hear this music, you don't think of Rosemary's Baby. Well, no, and of course not. On with that. But that's the idea when, of the when, score. When you when you think of, but that's the idea of the score. No, it's what. So you so you you yeah. just always think of one film when you hear it. Well, when it's on the film, yeah, that's the idea. Well, like ninety nine point nine percent of all films, probably apart from the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and Star when you Wars. Think of, yeah, when you th- yeah the ones that w- it works on. When you think of Ride of the Valkyries, what do you think of? Well, that's a piece of music. That's not a film, but it's a score. It's a score from that's a what film. What we're talking about that isn't that doesn't date it. It brings back the images of the the. the, the Hold on, the, wait. Flight Flight of the Valkyries would date anything to fucking World War Two. What? So it's not Universal Timeless, is it? It's of its time. No, because it's not World War Two. It was Vietnam for a start, and it was Ride of the Valkyries. Whoa, 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 whoa! Have I got the right fucking song here? You're making me doubt myself. I don't know what Ride of the Valkyries is. I am crying. Yeah, what the hell is going on? Well, Flight of the Valkyries was a, was a piece of music that was at least existed as early as World War Two. Are you know, thinking? Are you thinking of Fortunate Son? Are you thinking of Fortunate Son by CCR? No, I'm thinking the of Vietnam Apocalypse War. Now when they're in the helicopter scene. When it, da, 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 that's what you think about when you think of Ride of the Valkyries. No, it's not. Because you couldn't fucking remember it then, so it's obviously not no, what I you can't. think of I it. just had to check because I thought you were going mad. You made me go mad. You, you are mad. <laughs> that is not when that music was... No, I don't know. I don't what it's used for a score. 
fuck when it was written? What's it what's it most famous for? What when you hear it, what do you think about? Do you think about helicopters in Vietnam? No. You should. No. It's just a very famous piece of music. You're wow. a very absurd person, Johnny. <laughs> it's true. How how like what like the, the... But no, come on, you must hear something and think, oh that's from that's from whatever. Like they, you know, that's from Psycho. Like the what? The Exorcist. Yeah. No, that's written for that. Yeah, no, on a, on a number of films, massive films, but Apocalypse you, Now, fucking <laughs> one of the biggest films ever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I'm also <laughs> saying, I don't know. I anyway, don't you know what you're saying. <laughs> no, this you, is you, why you shouldn't drink in the morning. You you saying that the the soundtracks no good because it's not what it's not memorable it's not memorable obviously because it's not memorable yeah but there are like, the, 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 conjure images from the film and as Sean was saying this just does not do that so what it's, it's a missing little a little bit in Chinatown it's missing a memorable it doesn't do in this memorable piece of score but that's not what you started the argument off you started it off saying it wasn't timeless it wasn't universal it was very much of its time that's nothing to do with a memorable piece of music it is no, it's, no, exactly it's, no it it's not. No, it's not because that's when I came on to the, the Morricone thing, and this is part of your argument too. It makes you think of the good, the bad, the ugly, which is very of its time. So it, it makes you. you it makes you think of exactly. It makes you think of that film, but it's which it is make, also dated it, back in what the sixties. But it doesn't the 70s. make you think. I know, but it does that. You're not thinking of the time. You're thinking of the film. And it doesn't matter the when the film. I know. No, 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 the film. It doesn't matter when the film was made. You're not thinking of the time. You're thinking of the film, and that's but your, what you your argument was that it doesn't the, matter when the music made. wasn't timeless. That was my argument, and I've not got into your argument here because I don't know what the hell <laughs> you two were talking about. All I said was the score <laughs> sounds like '60s. It's got no classic or universal, as John corrected me kindly. Um, appeal. There's none of that there. It doesn't have that. There's nothing even... And as a separate point, there is nothing signature about it either. I agree with the signature thing. There isn't anything signature about it, so it doesn't have that. It doesn't have except, tubular bells. It doesn't have the, whatever it is from the omen. No, I except, wouldn't... Actually, it does. It fucking does. It has. Fair release. Yes. But what's it? I, I was going to ask before we started screaming at each other... For arguments that none of us understood. For the first time. Um, I didn't I, I was wondering if there was a significance to fair release. And if it appeared in, in specific moments where things were happening, but I looked it up and I can't find Not anything. Really. It does it does seem to be there, like it just see I just thought it was on the radio when they were in the kitchen that one time, then it keeps coming on the kitchen. Yeah, it's it's on a, a few times, isn't it? But maybe it's supposed to be like there's I mean that's constant. Well, yeah, there sometimes, and like the evil next door is there sometimes, or well, constantly oh, oh, there. In but the obviously, the, that wasn't. It's not that prominent, is it? It's it's no, in there yeah, two or three times. To, yeah, I think you've really got to listen for it as well. Like you yeah. can hear it really obviously a few times. I don't remember. Are you, really, are you sure? Well, I agree with your point, Sean. That there's there's nothing really memorable about it, and from what John says that. When you think of, you know, when you hear Fair Release, I don't think many people would think of this film. They think of Beethoven. 
you can have a flavor of a particular era in your score, but it doesn't have to be completely wholly 1960s because if you're making a classic film, every you hope that it's going to be a classic film. Everything that you do should be classic. And, yeah. and the, the score for this film isn't. Yeah. It doesn't have it. I agree with that totally. If we've got any people on our, on our audience that write music, why don't you rescore? <laughs> rescore. I can do that. Maybe. That's a good idea. That. Um, should I, should I do that. it for next week? So you're going to write a complete score for a film by next week? No, I'll, I'll write like... I'll write, Easy. I'll write like Rosemary's theme. You could sing to it. You could redo the la 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 bit that Mia Farrow does. <laughs> you do know he does actually want you to write this. I know, I know we don't, I know that we don't want to talk about Roman Polanski and his Roman Pononsky. I don't, I know that we don't want to talk oh about him. Oh my God. You can't, you can't say that, mate. <laughs> he, he will hunt you down. It's a shame he never got got by the Manson family because when they sniff around the sort of time where he was... So, anyway, <laughs> did you know that there was a sequel to this film in 1976 called Look What Happened to Rosemary's Baby? And it's... It's like it's Look Who's Talking really, To. It's supposed to be I, really shit. Just, sorry, Sean, I, I really don't mean to interrupt, but... Don't when you said the Manson family, then the you, do know, you do know what happened with, with them, don't you? Um, only since yeah, watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and then fuck we... off, you fucking idiot! Do not get educated by Tarantino. Okay, <laughs> that has to stay in. That we'll go to a vote. Um, no, because I remember we 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 no. Well, just to just to preface that, um, because we were talking. I remember when I watched, I uh, hadn't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood would come out because everyone was. Everyone was going crazy for it. And um, when that sort of thing happens, I, okay. Whenever, when that sort of thing happens, I sort of stay clear away from it for quite a while and then watch it when the hype's died down. So I don't buy into any of it. And uh, I didn't know any of the history now. I think I'm fairly well versed in um, sort of serial killers and such in, in America during that time period um and before and afterwards but i i didn't know the uh the whole sharon tate thing and the whole extent of the uh the, the manson family on the ranch and i do know that there was uh, is roman polanski not himself obviously but characterized within that film it's been a while since i've seen it now and i've only yeah, seen it once and so did he have a, a close encounter with uh, if he's in it he won't be in it for very long because he was in Europe when all of that happened wasn't yeah he? don't the, the, what, 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 once upon a time in, oh look the stammer again um, that's not historically accurate in any way even, you're joking even, even with the stuff that's supposed to be factual it's still not because Sharon Tate was obviously the that that happened and she was killed yeah um but it, at the end of the day, it's still Quentin Tarantino. Ugh. And he is Mediocre. A, known, a known thief and not very factual. You know, Sharon Tate was, he did consider casting Sharon Tate as um, Rosemary. 
I thought it would be a conflict of interest. Anyway, there's a sequel to the book um, that was released in 1999, and it is about <clears throat> Rosemary waking up in a facility 30 years later and finding that his son is this famous um, person who leads this philanthropic organisation of some sort. And it's Joseph Smith. <laughs> the, book, the book ends with, I can't believe people were still doing this in the 90s, uh, that late into the 90s as well. It was all a dream. Oh, get to fuck. The second book and the first book. Long dream. Um, okay, so now uh, we shall come down on a vote uh, on whether this film was Nightmare Cinema, Certified Nightmare, or a one in the middle called I'd Stay for the Popcorn. Let's go, Sean, first. So I always get a good impression of uh, of how everybody feels about this film by the way that we interact each other when we're talk- with each other when we're talking about them. And we don't get... Uh, we've not got really particularly excited by this film, I don't think. I still don't know um, what I'm going to say. John, you can pretend you're excited all your life, or you like, or your life as well if you want. <clears throat> but hey, John, um, me. yes, your name's John. Because um, when I said you, it doesn't matter. Um, I don't particularly think it's a very strong film. It's very boring. By the time we got to the final scene, I was made up that it was over. Two hours is awful. Um, Twelve minutes. It was supposed to be, it was like four hours, the original cut of the film, which will probably get released on HBO Max now. If the Schneider cut. Yeah. Um, the Polanski cut. I don't think enough was made of her friend who died uh, in the beginning. I just thought it was a wasted opportunity. I'd stay for the popcorn. John. Uh, yeah, I, unlike Sean... I know people have different opinions than me, and I'm okay with that, unlike Sean. Most people do. Yeah. Everyone's but, got a different opinion than you, John. Everyone's got a different opinion to everyone else as well, you know. It's just that I'm okay with that. I don't try and fucking con- convert people to my way of thinking like a can, fascist. Can we I just convert? I just say you're wrong. And can we just, just, <laughs> can you we just stay that way? Can we just clarify um, before casting the final voice? When we say, is it Nightmare Cinema or Certified Nightmare, does that... Is that down to what they mean? I'm going to slap. No, but is, <laughs> is is that down to if it's a good film or if it's just scary? Both, either, whichever, whatever you feel about it. Go on, John. Do a thing. Okay. I I remember watching it ages ago, and I remember it being okay. Like I said, this time when I watched it, I thought it was brilliant. I thought. It was unsettling, for whatever reason, unsettling, nauseating, cause of what you call it, what you will. I thought, I thought, I think it's an incredibly important film, for again, whatever reason, and for me, it is a hundred percent nightmare cinema, a hundred percent. This film is, it's a good film, uh, but it sort of tied me up with that. Uh, no other way to say it, the the whole rape um, exposition. Um, it's not scary doesn't fill me with dread you can argue like with other films it's of its time Um, it doesn't have 
fearful elements and unease like things like a razor head do uh and it doesn't have that build of tension as good as things like the shining um but i think overall i'd stay for the popcorn and it really does pay me to say that because i i I suggested watching this film because i liked it so much when i was uh i think it was 18 19 when when i watched this for the for the first time um but that's what happens you 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 get older you you have new views on things you know the world has changed a lot since i was uh 18 um so yeah uh, i think that leaves us to say tatty bye uh, to the listeners uh, what i will say is um if you're listening to this oh, well obviously you would be if you know it's it's but by definition to hear me say that you would be you okay Hutton? we can edit this we can edit this um so uh do uh, go on don't just listen to us um and do the subscribing thing and follow us on instagram and all that other stuff um do give us a rating i mean hopefully a good rating on apple and other places uh, where you can rate things podcast wise because uh, we uh that's how we get up in the world that's how um i hopefully fulfill my life's ambition of talking crap uh on the radio and podcast and can quit my job um because I think what we're number 207 in not the world in the UK and not in uh total but in what is it film and TV TV. reviews yeah okay so you know we're getting there um but if you leave us some nice five-star reviews and say what an enchanting voice I have um which gives birth to even lovelier opinions that would be super um that was a long goodbye, wasn't it? It's so it's, it's so it's good. finished. Yeah, that's the problem. I before I say bye, I want to say um, <laughs> today, as we're recording this, it is Kane Hodder's 66th birthday, and I know you probably don't know who that is, John or Johnny, but he played Jason Voorhees in a lot of the Friday the 13th films, so it will mean a lot to some of our horror fans out there. Happy birthday, Kane! Next week. We're doing a film, and there's a clue to it. Apparently, um, oh yeah, the clue is that we've we've spoken. I haven't said bye yet. You fucking no. talk long enough. I didn't say bye. <laughs> anyway, bye. Next week we'll use weapons. <laughs>